This is the Fearless Presentations Podcast, the fastest, easiest way to reduce public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Welcome back to the Fearless Presentations podcast. This is podcast number 19, and it's sponsored by Fearless Presentations. Hey, um, so before we actually get into this session, let me kind of give you a quick little overview of some of the things that we do outside of the podcast, because a lot of you guys know me for uh, being the kind of the voice of the podcast, but we actually have these two-day public speaking classes all over the United States, Canada, Europe. Um, they're, they're fabulous. So they're, they're great ways to not only reduce nervousness, but if you ever want to be a professional speaker or if you want to be a more a, a, a more noted speaker, these presentation classes are fantastic ways to to um, kind of develop that skill. And um, the neat thing is, is that everybody that's in the class are folks that actually want to be there. So it's a great environment to be in. It's also the, the instructors are top notch. The instructors that we hire all over the world are folks that, that are experts at designing presentations and helping people reduce that public speaking fear. So if this is something that you've had a challenge with, uh, then you know we can, we can really, really, really help. So uh, take a look at fearlesspresentations.com for the upcoming Fearless Presentations seminar listings. And uh, chances are there's going to be one within a month or so of somewhere close to where you're at anyway, because we do these about every three or four months and in pretty much every major city in, in the United States and Canada and a lot of cities in Europe and that kind of thing. So take a look at, at fearlesspresentations.com slash seminar schedule. So Doug, what's today's hot topic? So today's hot topic is is how to make presentations really audience focused. It's one of the things that we tend to have a lot of challenges with because um, the mentality that a lot of times we have is when we're sitting down to design our presentations, we, we think kind of backwards. We're thinking about, okay, what do I know about the topic and what do I need to tell the audience? And that's backwards. It's not what I need to tell the audience. It's basically what does the audience want to know? So there is a big, huge kind of gap between what we want to tell the audience and what the audience actually wants to know. It's what I call the attitude phase. You have to make the assumption when you walk into a presentation, when you're, especially if you're the, the speaker, you have to make the assumption that nobody in there really wants to listen to you. Now, I know that some people are going to want to listen to you. And, and in a lot of situations, a lot of people in the audience are going to want to listen to you. But if you make the assumption that nobody really cares about what you say, it will change the way that you design your presentations because you will design your presentations to be more audience focused. If you can get people over that attitude hump where in the first couple of seconds or at least the first few minutes of your presentation, they sit back and they go, oh, well, okay, maybe I should pay attention here. Then you'll have a much better designed presentation and it's a whole lot easier, by the way, to deliver the presentation and reduce public speaking fear. So the attitude phase is very, very important. Now, some of the things that you can do to kind of move people through that attitude phase, and we're not really going to delve into a lot of these things on this particular podcast, but we'll cover them in, in future podcasts. But you can start off with a with a, a story or an example that catches people's attention. Sometimes people like to kind of start off with humor. 
some people some people like to kind of start off with a with a startling fact or something like that. Um, I I'm of a different kind of mentality. I mean, all those things are are fantastic and they can work. But I like to start off with a really good visual aid. A visual aid that if all, if basically what happened, if all the people that are walking into the, my room saw was just the visual aid on the screen, they would go, oh, wait, I'm going to pay attention here because that makes it a whole lot easier for me before I even say anything to help me, um, uh, to, to help me make that connection with the audience. Makes it a whole lot more fun and interesting for them as well. So. So that we're going to really focus on that part, at least in this in this section of the um, of the of the podcast. So basically, the title is "Make Your Presentations Really Audience Focused," and that's going to help get people to actually want to listen to you speak. So let's let's focus on the very first thing. You know, first things first on this. After you, when you when you create your outline, your presentation outline, and and if you if you're not really familiar how to do this, make sure and listen to podcast number three about how to design presentations. Basically, the structure that we kind of teach people is to have a really good title with either three, four, or five key bullet points. That's really all you want to have per sitting. Now, if you have multiple sittings, if you have, you can take a break and cover another three, four, five points. And then if you need to take another break and cover a few more points, you can kind of do that as well. So, but as long as you're designing your presentations that are that uh, with a, a, a very clear title so people understand exactly what you're going to be covering in that presentation and a few key bullet points, either three, four, five, that, that helps a lot. But the key thing, though, is that once you've created that title and your three, four, or five bullet points, you want to kind of read it and just make the assumption that, like I said before, nobody really wants to hear this stuff. And and if they walked into your your presentation and they saw your slide up on the screen that had your topic and your and your few bullet points underneath it, would they go, "Oh wow, I, I think I want to hear this," or would they go? Yeah, I'm not so sure I want to be here. Right? So, what what is the attitude that people are going to have when they when they read that first uh, slide or they read that those those bullet points? Um, there's a very crude test that I kind of came up with that that works pretty well here. It's the it's what I call the do I give a flip test, right? Do I really care about that thing that's up on the screen? And if your presentation slide doesn't pass the do I give a flip test, you might want to work on it a little bit. It makes it a little bit more challenging for people to kind of pay attention if they don't really give a flip about what the heck you're you're putting up there. I'll give you some good examples of, of things that I've seen in the past that kind of really don't pass this this specific test. Um, years ago, when I first started doing it, I, I got hired a few times very early on in my career to go in and coach big um, engineering companies and construction companies to um, do sales presentations. You know, these are engineers, they're construction people, they're not really kind of geared towards sales. And a lot of times when they're doing these presentations, they may have millions and millions or even hundreds of millions of dollars on the line for these big, huge projects that they're competing for. So they would hire me to come in, and, and it, the, the very first time that I actually walked in and started coaching folks, I was looking at the the outline that they had, and bullet point number one was a very specific kind of bullet point, but it just said, our experience, and that's it. That's the only thing that was in the, the bullet point. And what's odd is that I've coached, I don't know, dozens, if not hundreds of different companies doing these same types of presentations. And I would, if I were just to guess, I would say that 99 times out of 100, almost every single one of these these um, presentation organizers are putting that as their first bullet point, our experience. And the, the thing about that is that if you're focusing on your experience when you're when you're speaking, 
Guess what? The audience doesn't care about that. I know what some of you are thinking right now, but no, that's exactly what they care about. In fact, that's all they care about. And, and I would agree with you because your experience is really what makes you successful and what proves to the audience that you are successful. And in fact, it is so important that it actually should be a part of every single one of your bullet points. And I'll kind of show you the way that I kind of coach people to do that. Instead of spending an entire bullet point on our experience, which is basically about us, not about the, the client or the potential client anyway, if you focus your bullet point on what the client really wants and design the bullet points that way, and then use your experience, your past experience anyway, as ways to prove that you can get the client that thing that they want, it makes it a whole lot easier to design your presentation. And now you're going to have your experience all the way through that presentation and make it really interesting for them as well. One of the big things to kind of realize when you're determining whether or not your presentation is really going to pass the, the do I give a flip test, though, is that sometimes we're not competing against other companies or other groups or other entities. And sometimes we're not even competing against other people's ideas. And more often than not, when we're given a presentation, especially if you're giving a presentation to staff or internal presentations to, to your company, you're really competing against the status quo. <laughs> so that's the key thing to kind of keep in mind is that if you're designing your presentation about what you want, it makes it much more difficult for the audience to kind of pass the status quo. They go, yeah, what I'm doing right now is okay. You know, it's uh, the old adage is, you know, the devil, you know, you know, the devil, you know, is better than the devil you don't. So a lot of times, even if what we're doing now doesn't actually work, we'd still like to stick with that versus trying something new because, you know, the because of the devil, you know, I, mean, I know, I know that's not going to work. If, whereas if I try something else, it may work even worse, right? It may be even worse than what I'm doing now. So as a result, the, uh, you, a lot of times when we're, when we're trying to get people to change a behavior, change an idea, change an attitude, it, a, a, it has a lot to do with getting people past the status quo. So we have to make the benefit to them more powerful than or more advantageous anyway than whatever they're doing now and that that's a, a real key so that so the, the first point in getting people through this attitude phase is really getting designing your your first slide or, or your outline as a, a way to kind of get people over the do i give a flip test make them when they read that go oh wow yeah i can't wait to to hear this um, one of the ways that you can do that is to focus on what the audience wants not necessarily what you want. And I'll give you an example of this. In fact, the reason why I kind of chose this topic this week was because um, just in the last couple of days, I was teaching a class, a uh, fearless presentations class. And one of the things that, that kind of occurred, and, and this happens sometimes, you know, we, we, although we're fantastic instructors, sometimes we just kind of have an off day. And this was, I guess this was one of my off days because I, I assigned a, um, um, a presentation, and one of the things that I kind of noticed about the, the presentations that were being designed by the class members was that they were really kind of what I call me, 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 me focused versus audience focused. And it's probably just because I didn't really cover that in great detail as we were kind of finishing up the, the previous day's session. But uh, so I, I spent quite a bit of time in the in the uh, in the morning of the second day of the class, really focusing on how to take those presentations that they've designed, which are good, but making them even better by focusing on what the audience wants. And a good example of that was was one of the gentlemen in class. 
worked for a company that designs um, uh, nutritional elements for livestock feed. So basically like trace minerals and things like that. And, and a, apparently the, the type of feed that his company kind of specializes in is one that has a tremendous amount of health benefits for the livestock. And, and so basically what, what um, he designed his presentation on in the, the very first time anyway, in the early in the, or late in the, in the first day and in the early part of the second day, the title was really focused on why you should buy feed from us. I didn't actually say that, by the way. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of the was the focus. And and then you know, bullet point number one was our feed is X, and bullet point number two is our feed is also Y, and the bullet point number three was our feed is also Z. Right. So basically, everything in that entire presentation was about his company and what they did, and uh, what I what I what we kind of focused on in the early early part of the, the second day, as I said, hey, why don't we, uh, why don't we um, kind of back up a little bit and talk about what exactly do these people in your audience really want? Let's look at it from their perspective and see if we can design a, a much better slide deck anyway. And one of the things that, that uh, he kind of talked about was that, like, for instance, um, the, the, the faster uh, that, a, that a calf can be weaned from his mother, um, the more pounds that the calf can create, which meant, which means actually more dollars for the livestock owner, right? So, so basically, that's that was a, a key benefit. And so, when when he kind of brought that up, I said, "Well, does your feed help do that?" He said, "Yeah, I mean, that's one of the re- that's one of the things that we kind of really focus on." I said, "Well, let's make that your bullet point instead of, you know, you should buy our feed because of this." We basically say basically say how certain types of trace minerals, whatever it was that he was kind of talking about in the class, will help help the livestock owner get this particular thing. And he did that with each one of his his three bullet points. He basically went back and kind of redesigned them to be very focused on what the people in his audience really really wanted. And the beautiful thing that happened at that point was that the moment that he changed his his bullet points even just slightly. All of a sudden, the amount of evidence that he could he was able to pull from to prove that that bullet point was true was mountainous. I mean, he had a ton of different things, all kinds of examples of past clients that had that similar type of thing, studies from from different universities and 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 different veterinarian clinics that that were able to kind of back up what he was saying, and so he had a mountain of evidence to kind of prove that. So there's a ton of evidence to prove. His his uh, really audience focused kind of bullet point. It was very difficult though for him to prove why somebody should buy that particular brand, right? So so basically, you it, by by teaching the audience something, they automatically. Here's the, the the great thing about this is by teaching the audience something that they weren't familiar with. All of a sudden, now you're seen as that expert, and so when you make the suggestion on where they can go to solve that challenge. Now they listen to you because you're the expert. So it's a very subtle way of kind of winning people to to your way to your way of thinking. So the key thing about this is that if you want to move move people through that audit attitude phase, you want to design your presentations by getting your your slide to pass the do I give a flip test, and then step number one in doing that is focus your bullet points in your title on what the audience wants, not necessarily what you want. Now that's not as easy as you might think because a lot of times the the thing that we want to tell the audience and the thing that the audience really wants to know about our presentation can be two totally different things. And if we focus entirely on what we want, we can really turn off the audience, especially 
if you're trying to design a sales presentation, because the the um, the people in the audience have problems that they want they want solved. They've got challenges that they don't necessarily want to deal with, and if you can help them solve those problems, if you can help them solve those challenges, then you're going to be seen as a, a very effective speaker or somebody that's that's um, that's an expert on that particular topic. So focus on one more thing though, because this is in addition to um, you know moving people through that attitude phase and and um, getting your your slide to pass the do I give it flip test and and also uh, focusing on what they want, not not necessarily what you want. You really want to make your bullet points really audience focused. You want to make it those bullet points make it to where everything in that in that title and everything in that bullet point are things that when the audience reads it they go oh great i can't wait to hear this a, a good example of this in kind of real life was when in fact i, I use this in in my uh, fearless presentations classes when i'm teaching them the i i start out with a with a, a presentation when i'm trying teaching people how to design like a three-point talk or a four-point talk or a five-point talk let's say i'm going to teach somebody how to do a three-point talk i might just title that three-point talk and I'll kind of look at them and I'll say, if that's all you saw when you walked into the room, would that really pass the do I give a flip test three-point talk? Well, especially if you don't know what a three-point talk is, if you've never had an exposure to that, there's no way in heck that's going to pass the do I give a flip test. Nobody's going to want to pay attention to a title called the three-point talk. So to make that audience focus, I have to say, now, if somebody really understands the concept behind designing a really good three-point talk, What's the benefit to them? What do they get? What's the takeaway that they get? And the real key to understanding the value of the three-point talk is that you can design your presentations very quickly. You're very good, very professional presentations designed in just a fraction of the time that it would take most people to design a presentation. So since that's the case, I just made the title the result that the audience will get from the three-point talk. So it's not the three-point talk. It's the result. The result is how to design a speech in 15 minutes. You know, or less, really. You know, how to design a speech quickly, how to design a very professional speech quickly. That's, those are all great titles that will pass the do I give a flip test because folks who are, especially if somebody's in a public speaking class and they see that up, they go, yeah, I'll pay attention to that because I want to know how to shave a lot of time off of my, my design process and that kind of thing. So, so I'll, I'll give you an example of one of these that I did um, recently. I was, I was asked to do a, a, a series, uh, did a keynote, and the keynote was followed by a breakout session. And the breakout session was for a specific association. They were looking for ways to, um, to um, help their, their members be better at hiring great managers. And so, um, I, and, and the, the perfect solution to that, by the way, one of the things that we kind of teach in our um, in our leadership classes and our management classes is to is you first you have to kind of determine what you're actually looking for and so we create these things that we call um, positions results description so if we're looking for somebody for a specific position what kind of results are we wanting to get from somebody who's in that in that position so i could have titled my topic positions result description but if nobody knows what the heck that is they're not going to be really interested in that, right? So basically, I went back to what they were asking me for. What they were asking me for is ways to find the perfect manager, right? So I just designed, I just basically titled my, um, 
my breakout session, you know, how to identify the perfect manager for your office and left it at that because that's that's something that if, even if somebody just kind of just glances at it, especially since I'm going to be competing, since my breakout session was just one of, you know, four or five that were going on at that particular time, folks had the choice of which one of those they wanted to go to. You know, I wanted to make sure that that my title title was really result oriented. It was something that the audience was was really interested in. So I kind of picked that. So and those are just a few key kind of things that you can do to in the very beginning anyway, to kind of move people through that attitude phase. Again, make the assumption that people don't want to really be there. We know that some people will, but there will also be at least one or two people that would rather be somewhere else. I don't want to be sitting in a meeting again. Right. And so basically, if you kind of make that assumption and you design your slide and you design your presentation based on what the audience really wants, it's going to help them be more enthused about your topic and be more interested in what you have to say. So hopefully this is going to be very valuable for you when you start to design more and more of your your presentations. Uh, make sure if you, if you haven't already done so, make sure and subscribe to the podcast, especially on iTunes and on your on your um, um, your Android phones. That, that, that's a fantastic way to make sure that you get every episode as we as we kind of release them. Also, make sure and look at the podcast notes. If you just go to fearlesspresentations.com and type in you know, fearlesspresentations.com slash podcast, it will it will pull up a list of all of the different podcasts that we have kind of in order backwards. So it starts with the most recent and kind of works, away, works its way back to podcast number one. So you can find, see all the different notes and all the different recommendations that we've made. So you can kind of go through, through um, the uh, podcast that way. If you have questions about anything related to presenting or leadership, or presentation skills, any of that kind of stuff, make sure and just email me at podcasts at fearlesspresentations.com and uh, and maybe we can answer one of your questions on a future podcast. So again, this is Doug Standard with the Fearless Presentations Podcast. Thanks for joining me this week. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week. 